right. If we have a Bible tonight, let's turn to the book of Romans, chapter 6. Romans chapter 6, and beginning at verse, verse 10. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. And by the help of the Holy Ghost tonight, I want to talk about chosen instruments. Chosen instruments. You can be seated tonight. <clears throat> um, an instrument, when Apostle Paul was, he used the word instrument here, um, he's not so much talking about um, something as a, a keyboard or um, the drums or things that we know to be instruments. He is, he is speaking of ourselves. He is, um, you'll find out that in the context that he used this scripture, um, the word instrument means um, one that is used to further the purpose of another. Um, that's what it, it means. And he is, he is talking about how that we are supposed to be instruments. And when it's all said and done, instruments that are used of God uh, for God's purpose, um, for the furthering um, of God's kingdom. Now, you'll find out that God wants to use each and every one of us. I believe that tonight. He wants to use us for his purpose. He wants to uh, use us to further uh, his kingdom, um, that his will um, for the lives of many would come to pass. That means God has a purpose for our lost relatives. God has a plan um, for our lost co-workers. He has a plan for people that we see constantly um, throughout the day, doing our normal life and business um, in this life, God has a purpose for those people. And God wants to use us as instruments to bring to pass his purpose in the lives of those that he is trying to reach. And um, But understand tonight that though God has a purpose, the devil has a purpose as well. Devil has a plan, um, and the devil's plan is that he wants to stop God's plan from coming to pass in people's life. He wants to put a 
He wants to stop that thing in its tracks. He doesn't want people to be saved. He doesn't want people to be delivered. Um, he doesn't want us to reach out to the lost. Um, he doesn't want us uh, to be the light that God has called us to be um, on the job or um, amongst lost relatives. He will, Jesus said, teaches not that we are not supposed to hide this light, this lamp under a bushel, uh, that we are supposed to put it out before all men so that they can see and that they can glorify God. But the devil would love, he loves nothing more for people to hide this experience, uh, to hide it under a bushel where people can't see it and where people that are wandering in the darkness cannot be led um, to light and most importantly be led um, to salvation. So the devil has a plan. Um, the devil has um, a purpose. Um, all throughout scripture, you will see as the devil used different ones um, to, in an attempt to stop God's plan and God's purpose um, for coming to pass. He used many different ones. He worked um, in, he worked um, on many different ones' hearts to try um, to hinder um, God's plan for happening. But how many know that the devil can keep trying, but he will never stop what God has to come to pass? Um, Jesus said it like this. He said, upon this rock will I build my kingdom. He said, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Okay, that lets us know that the gates of hell will try to stop the work of God. It will try uh, to hinder. The devil will use and work through different people to try to stop it. But Jesus said he can try, but it's not going to prevail. I'm so thankful tonight that I'm a part of something that has power to withstand the onslaught of the enemy. I'm thankful to be a part of the church that the devil, he can try to overcome the church, but he's never going to prevail at overcoming the church because the church is victorious tonight. I want somebody to know that you're a part of something that is victorious tonight. You're a part of something that is great tonight. You're a part of something that the devil can't stop. No one can stop what God has planned for his church. And so... The question is, who am I going to allow to use me? Because I want you to know, God most definitely wants to use each and every one of us. But I'm going to tell you, the devil does too. Just know that. Just know that the devil wants to use you. And the thing about it is, is when the devil, the devil, see, the devil doesn't care nothing about you. Now, God cares about you when God uses you um, not only does God plan comes to pass but your life is a whole lot better you're at peace you have joy unspeakable and full of glory the writer talked about uh, there is peace that passes all understanding when God begins to use you for his glory, you could care less about what's going on in this world as you understand that you are a part of something that is a whole lot greater than this temple world. But the devil, when the devil uses you and when he's done with you, the devil leaves you for dead. The devil tosses you to the side. 
after he's caused you to yield your members to things that are destructive, things that will tear you down, that will tear down your morals, things that will cause you um, to be, fit, but at the end of it, it will cause you to be miserable and broken and torn apart. The devil just throws you to the side and he's on to the next one that is willing to allow him to use them. The devil doesn't care anything about us. He doesn't care anything about you. He just wants to steal, kill, and destroy. You can imagine how Judas thought that what he was, um, as he gave, the Bible says, the devil entered into him. The Bible teaches. And as he gave himself over to what the devil wanted to do. Now, don't think that Judas was the only one that the devil tried to get in. I'm sure he tried to get in each and every one of those disciples. But he just found someone that had an opening. He found someone that maybe they were discontent. Maybe they were, maybe he was disgruntled. Maybe he was unhappy. Maybe he thought that things should have been going something somewhere differently. And so now he's bitter inside. Now he has, he has, he has a complaint about each and everything that is happening. Then um, you'll see this where the woman, she came in and she broke the alabaster box over Jesus and she anointed him for his burial and he had a complaint about it. The Bible says, he said, what a waste. Couldn't we have taken this and given this uh, to the soul, this and given it to the poor? He didn't care about the poor. He wanted the money. He was, he, his hand was in the money bag all along. He didn't care nothing about the poor. He was all about self, okay, as he had allowed the devil to work on him and get him to a point where now the devil is speaking through him. He's, he's speaking, against, uh, speaking against this woman coming in and, and, and anointing uh, Jesus Christ. You know what? You got to be careful when you start looking down on the things of God. You got you to gotta ask yourself, and people, let's, let me, I'm going to tell you, you got to be careful of what you listen to, what the people that you listen to, who you give your ear to, because you got to realize that if they're not speaking things that are positive and upbeat and uplifting, understand, it's not of God. It is of the devil. Honey, I don't want to yield my ear to anything that is going to destroy my faith, that is going to cause me to lose out, that is going to cause me to throw in the towel. Honey, I have no interest in giving up. I have no interest in backsliding. So I'm not going to yield my members to wicked and perverse talk. Honey, I want to hear faith tonight. I want to hear that you can make it. I want to hear that the church is the greatest thing that you can be a part of. The Holy Ghost is the greatest thing that you can ever experience in life. You can be seated. And so the devil, so, so Judas allowed the devil to use him. He allowed the devil to work on him as he thought, all I need is money. This is going to be everything that I've been looking for, everything that I've wanted. And you'll find out the things that you sell out God for, the things that you walk out on God for, and you think that it's going to bring you joy, it's going to bring you happiness, you'll find out when it's all said and done, it doesn't fulfill what you was looking for. 
it was never what you thought it was going to be. Judas thought that all he needed was money. He came back and he found out, hey, this is not fulfilling. And he wanted to give it back. He wanted to undo it. But you know what? Judas was another one that waited until it was too late to try to repent. And then the Bible says he went out and he hung himself. The devil only leaves you worse off than you was before. Honey, I want to stay in the church. I want to keep my mind on Jesus. I want to yield myself to things that are right, that are holy, and that are upright in the eyes of God. I don't want to yield myself. I don't want to become an instrument of unrighteousness. And you'll find out there are people that are allowing the devil to use them. Now, they'll never admit to it. They'll never say it. But I'm going to tell you, if you're talking down the things of God, point blank. It's just, it's period. It's, it's, it's no, no beating around the bush. There's no in-between, okay? There's no in-between. If you're running down the things of God, if you're talking bad about, listen, children of Israel, tell me who spoke through them. Children of Israel, God has taken, I was just thinking about it the other day, and as sitting and meditating on it, I was thinking about it. God brought them out of Egypt. God kept them in the wilderness. The Bible says that their clothes were not worn, neither were the shoes that they were wearing. For 40 years, God kept them. God rains down manna from heaven. God causes quail to come down from heaven. God causes rock, a water to come out of a rock. God turns bitter water into sweet. God is constantly providing for them. Every time you turn around, despite their murmurs and their complaints, God is constantly providing for them. But the point got, it got to a point where they became so unthankful and so ungrateful. It's amazing to me, the people, after all God has done for them, they become ungrateful and unthankful, unappreciative. I said it this morning. There are some people that should be dead. There are some accidents that some people have had gotten into. They shouldn't even be alive today. And I said it. I'm one of them. Shouldn't even be alive. And it's a testament to how gracious God is. It's a testament to how faithful God is and how God preserves his people and how he keeps them and how his angels uh, surround it, it, it camp around about them that fear him. And Israel became so unthankful and so ungrateful. Manna is falling down from heaven. Now nobody else is getting this. Only they, they are the only ones that are getting this kind of treatment. God is not doing this for anybody else. And it came to a point where the Bible says that they became so ungrateful that they said, our soul loatheth this light bread. They began to despise, actually, the things that God was doing in, a, in, in an attempt to provide for them, to keep them safe, um, to ensure that they make it, okay? You can become so unthankful and ungrateful that you begin to despise the things of God. 
people, and I'm going to tell you, it was the devil all along speaking through them, using them. You look at Korah. The devil used Korah as an instrument, and guess what? Who ended up losing out in the long run? It wasn't Moses. It was Korah. Korah lost out with God because of his bitterness and because of his rebellion and because of his um, not being satisfied with what God has done in their life. So many people become unsatisfied with what God has done for them. But honey, I want to have some appreciation tonight for what God has done for me. I want to be thankful tonight because I realized if it wasn't for God, I wouldn't be here tonight. I wouldn't have the clothes on my back that I have. I wouldn't be in my right mind. How dare how dare do I look down on a Holy Ghost service? How dare do I look down on here in Acts 2.38 and John 3.5? I don't care how long you've been here, honey. I can never get tired of hearing about what delivered me, what set me free, what brought me out, what broke chains off of my life. And when people speak against it, and when you hear that, you got to know who it is. The devil is using that individual as an instrument. An individual has yielded themselves to the devil. And now the devil is using them and trying to discourage things and, and cause problems and chaos. I want to be an instrument that God uses. I want to be an instrument that God uses. And so Paul, he is talking. He is telling them, yield he said, likewise, verse 11, he said, likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. I want to be dead to sin. I don't want sin to be alive in my mortal body. I want to be dead to the perversion. I want to be dead to the things of this world. I don't know about anybody else, but Jesus filled me with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And when he filled me with the gift of the Holy Ghost, I died to that old way of living, honey. I'm not, I'm not meditating and thinking about how I used to do this and what I used to do when I was in the world, honey. I ain't got time for that. I'm thinking about what I am now, what I'm a part of now. And it's a whole lot greater. It's a whole lot better than what I was doing in the world. Who cares what you was drinking on back in the world? Honey, you need to drink on some liquor water tonight. You need to let God fill you with the Holy Ghost so you can become appreciative of what we have. You need to be appreciative of what God has done. So he said to be dead indeed unto sin but alive unto God through Jesus Christ. I'm alive and it's only by Jesus Christ that I've been made alive. He quickened my dead spirit. He made me alive. Let's go to verse 12. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lust thereof. If sin is, if sin is reigning in people's mortals, mortal body, okay, that means that you are obeying it. That means you are obeying the lust of your sin. That means you are giving over to the passions and the, and the carnal desires and things that people yield themselves to. The Bible talks about crucifying the flesh and the lust thereof. 
I each and every day, you know what I want to do? I want to put this flesh on a cross. And I want to crucify it. The problem is a lot of people have stopped praying. The problem is a lot of people have stopped reading that word. A problem is a lot of people have stopped crucifying that flesh. They've stopped pushing back that plate. They've, start, they've stopped, um, um, stopped uh, fasting towards other things. They, they're allowing the world to get in. They're allowing the world to influence them. Honey, I want to understand that there's nothing more important than me making it to heaven tonight. There's nothing more important than me being pleasing in God's sight tonight. I want to be pleasing to the Lord tonight when God looks down upon me. I don't want God to shake his head at me because he is displeased with me. I want God to smile upon me. I want God's favor to be upon me. I want God's mercy to be upon me. I want his grace. I want God to be pleased with me. And that's impossible if I'm dwelling in sin. It's impossible for, for if I don't have faith. Okay? It's impossible if I don't believe in what we're doing here tonight. It's impossible if I don't believe God's word. You know, I believe that there's some people, you know, I'm going to tell you like this. We all have rough patches in life and in this walk with God. And I believe that people in having rough patches and, and problems and, and things of that nature that you, every one of us are going to experience, every one of us are going to have hard times and where we don't feel our best and like we're, we're, uh, we're you know, we're reaching we're, we're hitting the mark, okay? We all have those times, okay? But I believe that people think that to, to come out of a situation like that or, or come out of struggle and problems, I think that people want you to tell them something else. You know, you tell people, okay, pray. Read the Bible. Fast. Come to church. Get your hands in there. Lift up your voice. Come to prayer meeting. When you come, cry out to God. Be involved in the things of God. And you tell people like this, and it's like, it's almost like people want you to tell them something else. Like, uh, like, you're, like there's something else that you should be saying to them. Like, okay, yeah, I, I know that, but there's nothing else to tell you. There's nothing else to tell you. Nothing else is going to work. The only thing that's going to bring you out is prayer. The only thing that's going to bring you out is the word of God. Only thing, getting it down into your heart. The only thing that's going to bring you out is coming into the house of the Lord, throwing those hands in the air, lifting up your voice, and pouring your heart out to God. If you're looking for another answer, you are going to be waiting for a mighty long time. You're going to go to your grave still looking for an answer. We already got the answer. We already got the solution. It's time for somebody to put it to work. It's time to put it to work. It, it works. There's nothing else. There's nothing else. You are not going to get rid of sin by thinking positive. I don't care how many books you read. You will be an educated sinner. 
It's not going to help you. Sitting on someone's couch and spilling your guts out. See, that's the problem. People spend money spilling all of their problems out on someone else that has the very same problems or different. And they can't handle their own. They can't solve their own problems. Why don't we come to the one that said, come unto me? All ye that are heavy laden in that labor, and that I will give you rest. It's about time we believe in that tonight. It's about time we have faith in that tonight. It's about time we run to Jesus and fall at his feet and just cast all of our cares upon him. Because he cares about you. Don't you know that God loves you? Don't you know that God cares about you? Don't you know that God stands ready to lift the load off of your shoulders? He stands ready. And so I want to give my life over to him. Verse 13. So Paul said, neither yield ye your members. Members. Okay? What is he talking about? Paul is talking about our faculties. My eyes. My ears. These little fingers here. My feet don't yield as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. There are a lot of people that are yielding their members to unrighteousness. There are a lot of people that are allowing the devil to use them for unrighteous deeds. You know, the Bible talks about this tongue here, this little member here, and it tells us that this tongue is the most unruly member. And it tells us that no one can tame it. No one can tame it. You know, a lot of people have lost faith. A lot of people have let down on the things of God all because of this right here. All because they've allowed all the wrong people to speak into their hearts. And they've given themselves over. Maybe they've yielded. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. When you listen to gossip and when it comes down to gossip, do you know that the person that is speaking it is not the only one that, are, that is at fault? It's the people that yield their ears to it. And listen to it. Is that fault too? Paul said, don't yield your members to unrighteousness, unto sin. That means if I'm listening to it, if I don't tell a person, listen, I don't want to hear that. Take that to somebody else. And you're not saying it to be mean. I just can't allow that to affect my spirit. You know? I think we all can testify. We've all been there a time or two where we've heard things that we shouldn't have listened to, that we may have conversations that we may have walked away from. How has it made you feel? Made you feel like a dumpster had been dumped on you, right? Bunch of garbage. And now you're struggling. Now you're wrestling. Now you can't lift up your hands in church. Now you can't cry out to God. As you have given and yielded your ear to garbage, and so it's important that I make it up in my mind. I don't want to hear nothing if it's not lifting up the kingdom of God. 
if it's not, if it's not positive, if it's not upbeat. Listen, I'm at a point in my life, I have things that are too valuable in my life to mess around with and to be foolish and to get caught up in nonsense. I got things that are too valuable to me that I can't get wrapped up. I can't yield myself. I can't yield my members as an instrument of unrighteousness. Okay, so the Bible tells us that this tongue here is an unruly member. Okay, and a lot of people are doing a lot of this. And they'll let the devil use them. They have given themselves over to what the devil is trying to do. And all the devil is trying to do is tear apart things. Understand, the devil doesn't mean anything good. He wants to tear apart things. He wants to up-pluck, up-pluck, unpluck people. He wants to pull you out of the church. He, listen, 